Good morning. Bună dimineața. Bună, yeah, ce face, frate? Nomele meu este Daniel. See, I'm learning Romanian. Buenos dias. Bon dia for Brazilians. So good to have the privilege to share the word of God with you again this morning. We are reading a very um, famous Bible verse. Uh, should I press here to have on the screen or do you have there, Ben? I don't know. Yeah, it's this one, Acts 1.8. Let's read, let's pray, and, and give the next few minutes for this special moment. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, very famous ver <clears throat> verse. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Jesus, we are here before your word now. And in this very special moment, I want to ask for the help of your Holy Spirit to bring our minds, our hearts fully to this place now. We stand before a holy God and we want to hear your word. Speak with us. Speak with your church. Speak with me this very morning here. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let me look around, otherwise you'll destroy everything. So, guys, we are in the sermon series. If you're watching online on YouTube, welcome. I invite you to open your Bible as well and to give me your attention for the next few minutes where we'll be sharing with you this message. Now, guys, this text here, uh, let me go straight to the point with you. It's the Great Commission. It's a very famous... Um, Commission from Jesus, we have the same text in all the Gospels. Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts as well. Actually, Acts is the Gospel of Luke, just extension or a continuation or the second book of Luke. So, the Acts was written around, I don't know, second half of the first century, around 68, 65, we don't know. But you have this mission, uh, Jesus giving to us, his church, his mission in all the Gospels and here in Acts as well. The Great Commission. Now, when we talk about mission or the Great Commission, we have some pictures in our minds. Okay, then the mission is when we have that guy going to China to preach or to India or to Africa or to Asia or South America. And then we have the picture, we pray for him and we send some money and that guy is a missionary. Yes, but not only this. So, the mission mindset usually is someone is doing for me. As I cannot go, I pray for this guy and I send money for this guy. And he is a missionary or she is a missionary. They are doing the mission to the ends of the earth. But the mission starts in this place called Jerusalem, the local community, the local place. That means we are all missionaries. It's the end of excuses. Oh, no. It's so much easier to love someone who is in Africa than to love someone in my local church. It's easier to say we are doing mission abroad in the ends of the earth than to say I'm doing mission in, in the hospital, in my workplace, in the petrol station, queuing in the supermarket, or in the school. Someone's being responsible for the mission, not me. So this idea of mission it's amazing because mission also brings meaning to our lives. When you talk about, uh, I don't know, counseling, clinics, all of this, you keep seeing people, Christian people, not Christian people, looking for, searching for meaning. 
purpose. Oh, I need to have a purpose in my life. I need a purpose. And this text is saying that you, you not find your purpose. You, you find Jesus' purpose to your life. And this is attached with the mission. So the great commission. So this is the mindset. Okay, I have a purpose. Jesus gave me a mission. And I can be a missionary here in my local town. In my place. In my local church. United Nations. They will not carry on the mission. It's me and you. So sometimes the other part of our understanding is, okay, I got it. Yeah. So God chose some guys to do the mission here. Pastors, prophets, preachers, all these guys. And everyone else, uh, solicitors, engineers, uh, people working in NHS, administrators, uh, we are free to live our lives. And the pastors and this special group of people, they will do the mission. No, it's all of us. And we have only this generation to reach this generation. It's, it's now. But before the mission, the first part of the, the, the sentence, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. So what he's saying, I will equip you with something and then you do the mission. And this power is not an energy. It's not something. It's someone it's a person. And the next sermon series, you'll be preaching about this person, the Holy Spirit. So the church doesn't need something. The church needs someone to accomplish the mission. So in this introduction here, when I read about this and purpose and meaning and mission, I'm this kind of guy. I need to have something to wake up on a Monday morning. Okay, why am I'm, I'm, I'm this uh, earth? Why am I here? And uh, there's a quote saying that there's the two main important days of our life. The day that we were born and the day that you figure out why. <laughs> so, I'm this kind of guy. I need to know why. And this... I don't know the pronunciation in English, we say in Portuguese, Victor Hugo, Victor Hugo, the, one of the greatest, greatest uh, writers in the world. He said, nothing else in the world, not all the armies, is so powerful as an idea whose time has come. And this idea of, oh, hey, okay, I, I have something to give my life for, something beyond me. It's not only paying bills, feed kids and die. Okay, I have a mission in my life. Oh, this, this really, oh, this, this makes me alive. So, in this series, we are talking about this statement, the six words, a diverse church equipped to impact community and beyond. So, in all these days, Steve was preaching, I was preaching, talking about what is a diverse church. Look, we are a diverse church. I don't know how to say good morning in, in, in Farsi. I don't know. I tried. Oh, Durut. Durut. In all the languages. Yes, Durut. And do, uh, good morning, my brothers and sisters. Oh, no, no, it's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to put on Google Translate, but there was no uh, the voice on Google Translate. So I don't know. Do root. So we are becoming more diverse. Look, I'm one of the elders of this church. Look. Weird. So a diverse church. Equipped, we talked about equipped, we see people growing to impact. You remember the video uh, Steve was preaching and showing that video to impact community and beyond. And why this community is important. When you talk about to be in a mission and to create an impact, guys, we are not only talking about let's plant church in Brazil, in Portugal, in Asia. We are talking about us here. Here. In this building, in this community, in this town. Our context. The place where God has uh, put us to serve. So community. 
If we come back to Acts 1.8, the mission starts in a local place, Jerusalem. So I just use this community as a symbol, Jerusalem as a symbol of our local place, our town, our families, our local community, Jerusalem. This place, everything starts here. We don't want to be that kind of church just talking about things abroad or what God is doing there, where the wind of the Spirit is doing there. We are really, really praying to see what God wants to do here with us, in your family, with your kids, the next generation of this church, with the next leadership group of this church, this local place. So why this is so important? This week I was chatting with uh, Stuart, and I asked him, Stuart, if you, know, if you were this kind of person traveling and moving, okay, I just moved to Crawley now, what kind of church would you, I don't know, like to be part of? And then I was asking to myself, okay, what criteria, what kind of, okay, I need to find a church, which church I want to be part of. Now, I do like rock, okay, I like big bands and all of this, but I wouldn't try to find the church using only this criteria. Famous pastor and a big band. It's done. No, it's nice, but it's not the main thing. It's not the backbone of the church. It's not the main. I would, do, I would love to find a place, at least with three, uh, and my, because this is my, okay, this is not Bible, it's my idea, okay? Uh, at least with three uh, criteria. Number one. A church that confronts me when I'm not living according with the Bible. Number two, a church that is concerned to teach me or equip me to obey the scriptures and to living according with God's word. And three, a church that values personal meetings and a deepening fellowship, a community. Not a church, but a community. Not stage, but a community. Not the famous guy, but a community. So, and the other things, we, we can build together. We can find, we can pray for it. We can fight in prayer. But this is the, the, the main things. Why I'm, I'm, I'm putting this for you? Because this was my question. How to be a church in Jerusalem, in Crawley? How, how can we be a church here in our local town? Now, let me replace the word Crawley or Jerusalem by city. We are a town, but city, be, I'm talking about this urban environment where we are. Okay, how to be a church here? And I have some ideas. Number one, we must be a garden. By the way, this is a Tilgate Park. I found this picture, okay? If you're watching online, you don't know what is Tilgate, just put it on Google. It's the best park in the world, not Hyde Park. <laughs> and what I'm trying to say is, the first thing God created was a garden, not a church. Okay, what's the difference between city or town and garden? This is important to understand. Garden, garden is before everything. It's before Adam and Eve. The garden was there. Garden was the beginning of everything. It's like when you are waiting for a newborn and, and, and you're coming from the hospital with your baby, you already have the room ready. With the toys, with the teddy bears, with the colors, decoration, everything, because the baby is coming. So God was preparing the garden because the baby is coming, his creation, the humankind. So he prepares the garden before everything else. So a garden is this, is this place like oasis. It's this place of relationship because you keep reading our Bibles before the sin, God 
daily was coming to the garden, not to the church service, to the garden, to spend time with his creation, with Aiden, to speak, to talk, to spend time together. So garden is this place where I don't need to prove myself or I don't need to accomplish the next target or I don't need to be very productive. It's a place, it's a relational place. Can you imagine in this town where everybody's busy and everybody needs to pay the bills and everybody's complaining about something, if they find a garden in the middle of Crawley, a place where they don't need they don't need to be that person on their Instagram. They can be themselves. It's a place where I can build relationship. A place where people spend time with me and, and, and I don't need to do nothing for this. In my busy environment, in my busy life, a garden made by God. Because city w was made by man. After the first scene when God, was the word? Expelled Adam from the garden. And okay, now you need to work, you need to do your stuff and, and among thorns and thistles, and you need to create a city. A city is this place created by man when God's not welcoming. God's not welcomed in the place because in university, God, they, they don't want God. In your workspace, they don't want God. They don't talk about God. In your business meeting, nobody cares about God. In university, in, in your relationship, in your friends, they don't care about God. So it's different. You have the garden and you have the town, the city, we have Crawley, we have Gatwick Airport, we have a busy pace, a busy life. It's different. So when I talk, we must be a garden, it's because city is the human attempt to make a garden. Uh, and Jesus spoke this in Jerusalem, Acts 1.8. He was there. Jerusalem I don't know, they had something around 25 or 30,000 people living in Jerusalem. For those days, it was a big number. And the days of celebrations like Easter or, or all the celebrations, they had something around 125 or 150,000 people coming, busy place. To Jerusalem, the city of God, but also the same Jerusalem that killed Jesus and rejected him. The same Jerusalem, when Jesus uh, he saw the, the city and said, oh, Jerusalem, you keep killing the prophets. So in the city, God's not welcome. God, they want to kill God. But then they have someone in the city who raised their hand and said, guys, let me show for you another way to live your life. There's a garden here. There's a group of people. They try to be relational. There's a group of people in, in, in West Ring, in Crawley. We are trying to build a garden where God is there. God is not in the building. I know you understand what I'm trying to say. God is here. There's a group of people, they live a life in a different way. So when I talk about mission in Jerusalem, wow, I'd love to be part of this garden where nobody's chasing you. Nobody's doing emotional kidnap with you. Oh, if you don't come Sunday, you're going to hell. Or where are you? Why you didn't come on Sunday? Well, if I miss you, I invite you for a coffee or a pizza. Not to put a burden on you. It's relational. How to be a church in Crawley? We must be a garden. Second. Second? No. The other side? Yeah. Another? Yeah. <laughs> Too much technology for me. Um, we must to preach the truth. We must to preach the truth. Now, why am I telling this, guys? 
because the text we read says, we, um, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You have a message to tell them. It's not only to be a cool, nice place where everybody's friendly. and blah, blah, blah. You have something. Because people, they can find something similar with gardens and some association and clubs. But you have something. You have a message. You are witnesses. You're not only a well-behaved people. You have something different, the truth. Why put Billy Graham in this picture? Because it was so funny. In 1954 or 55, let's say 55, he came to preach in London. And, and one of the, his crusades. And, and, and this, this uh, crusade, he was preaching in London. So all the journalists and one of these guys, how do you say, uh, critic, critics from, from, from newspaper. And he, the guy said, said like this. So this, this American preacher, his speech is so outdated. He's, he's saying things from 50 years ago. And Billy Graham gave an answer for this guy and the TV and everything. And he said, no, I'm not 50 years later. I'm 1955 years later. Because my intention is to take all of you to the cross of Jesus, to the Calvary, for the first century in Jerusalem. In other words, what is old is not outdated. It's the truth. It's not just because it's also these guys in this local church, they preach some kind of, it's not very inclusive message. It's the truth of the gospel. It's not outdated and it's still here and it's still powerful to change the human heart and our minds. So, the Bible calls the local church as a pillar and foundation of the truth. And people are looking for truth. So, a place where in this garden you can find the gospel. So in this place you can find the good news of Jesus Christ. In this garden you can find the message. It's not only good advice. Not only self-help. It's the gospel. And guys. I was this week looking for. Uh, I saw this week. Um, one of these pictures in my phone. With my parents. They passed away. My, my dad passed away. I don't know. Three, four months ago. And I saw. And I said wow. Life is so Short, quick, brief. Death is the only certainty that we have. James chapter 4, the Bible says, verse 14, that we are like a mist. We just um, are here for a little while and then vanishes. Like a mist. Like when you are cooking and you open the, the pan, that steam, steam, how? Seconds and it's gone. Psalm 90 says, well, your life is so brittle, short, fragile. In a few years, you and me will be forgotten. In a few years' time, it will be the last meal around the table with people that you love. The last hug, the last kiss. Nobody's thinking about this. People are not worried about this. Jesus said, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Um, people are worried about makeup, holiday trip, trips or food. People are worried about housing, lose weight, shopping, TikToks. I remember when I was a kid, there was a time where the churches, they used to preach a lot about that day. The returning of Jesus Christ. And the church, they were really 
engage in evangelism. And the motivation was, we need to warn people about the danger that's coming. I remember those days. I remember those days when, when I read the first time Amos in the Bible. is there. And when he said, get ready to meet your God. Witnesses of the gospel. We are surrounded by suffering. Maybe you here this morning or watching online. You are carrying so many, I don't know, pain, painful memories or deaths or divorce or, I don't know, many problems in your life. But let me tell you something. The main problem, the roots of, the root of everything is not your problems. It's not my problems. Oh, it's so expensive now to pay my rent, or what should I do in the next five years of my life? This is so shallow. The main problem is sin. In Romans chapter 3, the Bible says, all have sin and fall short of God's glory. In Romans chapter 6, that the wages of sin is death. The main problem is because I'm inherited. My first father's seed, Adam's seed, is in me. My main problem is not the politicians or people keep criticizing the economy. It is, and that the main problem is sin. This is serious. And do you know why this is so serious? Because God is holy. This is a solution and a problem. Because God is holy. The Bible says in Habakkuk 1.13 that his eyes are too pure to look on evil. He cannot tolerate wrongdoing. We are talking about a holy God. A pure God. This week I was talking with Wendy. I don't know if she's around. We were talking in our Bible study. study and, and, and there is an angel in the Bible. And the Bible gave a name of Seraphim. Seraphim. So these angels in Isaiah chapter 6. They have, they have six wings. Okay, so with two wings they cover their feet. With two wings they fly. With two wings they cover their faces. Do you know why they cover their faces? In Job... Chapter 15, verse 16 says that even the heaven is not holy enough to him. And the word seraphims means the fiery ones, the burning ones. Because they are near to God's throne and his glory. And Revelation says that from God's throne we have lightning and thunders and a consuming fire. So the seraphims, even them, they cannot look to God. So they <coughs> cover their faces. And that fire burns them. And the Bible says they speak to one another. He's holy, holy, and holy. That's why sin is a problem. Do you know why sin is a problem as well? Because of God's justice. He cannot be neutral to sin. He needs to punish the sin. We love to talk about the attributes of God. Love, grace, justice. But there's one called wrath. So what he did with a guy like me. Ephesians chapter 2, you says that I'm deserving punishment. I was the son of disobedience, slave of this world, slave of the devil, slave of my passions, like an animal. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. That's why one night before going to the cross, Jesus was sweeping that garden. He fell his face to the ground and said, God, could you just take this cup from me? Was Jesus afraid of the cross? Was so painful? Of course it was painful. But the main problem was God's wrath. Upon him. Everything. 
All my jealous, all my pride, all the vanity of my heart, all my desire for revenge, all my uh, dirty motivations, everything that I carry in my nature was upon him. All the sins, all of it on, on Jesus. And at that very moment, in the seven phrases on the cross, one of them was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the pain to be separated from God. It's the pain to be under God's wrath. And as I say, that was God's will to crush him in that cross. Because of your sins and my sins. So the only thing the gospel requires for me and you is repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. Oh, and about obedience then. This is what the gospel produces in us. But repentance and faith. So this is your morning. I really don't mind if you are a Christian or not Christian, if you are from the church for forever or if you're just arriving now, you need to repent. You need to come to the cross. And the third day, he rose from that. And he stayed here for 40 days with his disciples. And before ascend to heaven, he said, guys, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll not be alone. And then you'll be my witness in Crowley. So this glorious holy God who forgave my sins. He took his spirit to put on me. Just for me to watch reels on my Instagram. Or to be his witnesses in Jerusalem. In my small group. In my family. In my work. How can we talk with more enthusiasm about food than about the gospel? I don't understand. I was deserving of hell. He saved me without nothing. Why he chose me? I don't know. There is no explanation. Because of his love and his grace. And to send his son Jesus Christ. My Jerusalem. Uh, my witnesses in Jerusalem. Here. You didn't need to learn another language. You need to learn the culture. You need to study theology. You don't need all of this. You just to be the witnesses. The witness of Jesus Christ. You know what I did now? I witnessed. I was a witness of the gospel. I was explaining the gospel. And then he sent his Holy Spirit. He's working in you, with you. So this, to be a garden who preach the truth, is not only to be a place who gives good advices, but a place to invite you to change your nature. Something that we call regeneration. To be a new person. Not a well-behaved person. A new you. Because of Jesus and his gospel and his cross. How to be a church in Crowley? Well, must be a place of belonging. People are looking for this. You see, uh, how we say the whole auditorium is not a church. Community and auditorium or hall is different things. They are, they are very different. You see, uh, three is natural. A bridge is artificial. So waterfall, river, it's natural. The water in your pipe or the shower in your bath uh, uh, room is artificial. Conversation around the table is natural. It's garden. Cinema is artificial. It's city. So we do have auditorium. We have a name, a, a sign behind, uh, in the front of this building. Uh, the Carey Center, Crowley Community Church, all these things, all of these artificial. This chair, everything. The community is the garden. 
community is natural. So, why I'm saying this? Because gradually, everything that's artificial is becoming natural for people. After some time, we start to think that cinema, shower, all the things, they're natural. And then we take this to God's uh, relationship, our relationship with God. So we think, okay, we go for that building on, on, uh, at weekends, Claudia Community Church. So I'm part of a community, and I'm just coming to the building. And what we do when you are part of the artificial thinking that we are part of community, we are reproducing the city mindset. What is artificial, not what's natural, because people are becoming machines. I remember one day I was <clears throat> visiting my brother, and he used to live in a building on the fifth floor. I was coming down the lift. When the lift was open, I saw this lady coming. And, and she recognized me from the church, but I didn't remember her. I said, oh, hello, hello, I'm from the church. Oh, okay, really? You see, it has been three months since the last time I went to the church. Nobody called me. Nobody was, and I, I didn't know. And, and, and I said to her, wow, sorry, I, I had no idea. But then, in that conversation, we closed the lift, and the lift was up, and we stayed there talking. I was explaining to her, well, you can be in the church building, you can be here, but not be in the community. Because if you are here, but not in the community, we don't know what's happening in your life. But if you're part of the community, we do know what's happening in your life. And then we would know why you're not coming more, if you need something, if you can pray for something. Because the community is a place of belonging. And some people, they complain, I'm so alone. But they don't share their lives in the community because they don't, they're afraid of. And we start to create this artificial thing. We are going to the church as a city mindset made by us. And God's desire is to be intentional in the mission and the community first in Jerusalem. A place of belonging. If you are not in the community, you are reproducing the city. Church is this place. So when I was thinking about what to share this morning, I was thinking, okay, guarding relationship, uh, preaching the truth, the gospel, and a place of belonging. You see, how many things before we talk about the beyond, the ends of the earth, a place where you can send an email, a place where you can spend time with someone, having a meal, sharing your life, and people praying for you, and, 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 you, and you can say in your workplace, well, I do have real friends. I have people that care about me. I have someone that I can call. I'm not alone. And then you start to, to flourish inside Crawley, inside the city, showing, hey, there's a garden, there's a garden, there's a garden. And what happened when, when people, what, what happened when you, last time you went in holidays, in a nice holidays trip and have amazing meal, uh, or the, the last good experience you have in cinema, uh, uh, you and your, your, I don't know, spouse or friend, and you think, oh, we must bring that person. Well, I must call and take a photo of this meal and I send for that. You think in someone that you love. So when you have a good experience about this garden or church, and I know people are very hurted about church, about leaders. Everybody has lots of opinions. This week I was sharing with my girls, okay, every day we have a not Christian trying to teach Christians how to be Christians. Because they think and they have many opinions about church. But when you have a good experience, well, it's not perfect. Of course it's not perfect. But there's a garden. You invite that brother-in-law. Annoying one that you don't like. But you say, there's another way to live your life. I know, I know some guys. Let's have a meal. Let's have a coffee. 
there's a small group in stewards in Charles House. <laughs> so th- these people in the church, they have these groups. And, and it's nothing weird. It's, you just need to be there. And then you start to be a testimony, a witnesses of Jesus in Crawley, in Jerusalem. So my intention with this speech, and, and, and next week I'll be preaching about the other part of the Acts 1-8, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Samaria actually is a very, very difficult place because the Jews and Samaritans, well, another story. Uh, my intention is, I really hope that the Holy Spirit can, I don't know, give you some kind of awakening for, for this local church and for this town. I don't know when was the last time you prayed for Crawley or, or for this church or for the families of this church. I don't know when was the last time you felt, okay, I belong to something. I forgot the name of the church. I belong to a garden, a group where I have a relationship. And relationship is tough. I know it's difficult. But my, my intention is it's good to belong to a family. Let's pray. Let's stand. <clears throat> I want to invite you to close your eyes and close your eyes for a second. We are going, we are finishing the service this morning. We're still praying, worshiping, but this, this is a moment that I would love to pray with you. Uh, Lord Jesus, maybe some of us here, we are feeling very alone. Maybe you have someone here um, trying to find the answers for the challenges and it's so difficult when we have no control of situations Lord and it's so difficult when we keep carrying our burdens and we don't have we don't have anyone that we can share it's so difficult Lord Jesus when we feel alone and I pray in this very moment asking for your Holy Spirit please help us to be more open Help us to open our houses, our agendas, our time for people. Help us to be more community and less building. Help us, Lord Jesus, to not be in a rush. To give ourselves for people. Help, Lord, help us, Lord Jesus, to, to remain rooted in the truth of the scriptures. In our days, everything's so confused. There's so many different teachings. There's so many different aspects and approaches and different kinds of churches preaching crazy stuff out there. But help us to remain faithful to the scriptures and to preach with love, not with judgment, with grace. Lord Jesus, if, if there's some heart here that's hurted, hurted in this church, some heart here that was hurted by the leadership of this church by the eldership team of this church, by the small group leaders of this church and maybe this person is bleeding and we don't know you do know you know everything about ask for healing Lord Jesus help us help us to to fulfill your purpose for this local church help us to be part of your mission in Crawley in our Jerusalem the place that you put us in this season of our lives I pray I pray in Jesus name